it's so good to see all of you here, and I want to thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, let's, I, I just want to pray again. Lord God, I pray that you would just continue to rain down upon us. Father, that you would continue to speak to our hearts. God, that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity. That you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Father, that you would open our hearts to receive all that you have for us today. And Heavenly Father, we pray for all of those that are hurting today. We pray for this nation. We pray for protection over this country. And Lord God, we pray against the evil that would come to destroy and uh, Father, we thank you for the words of Jesus that are comforting to us, even in the midst of times of trial and tribulation. He, he told us clearly that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's come that we may have abundant life. So Father, we ask that you continue to, to work in our lives and pour into our hearts, Lord, and that you would bring health and healing and wholeness to this nation, God, and that, uh, that those that are on the fence and serving you would get off the fence, that they would be fully committed to serving you. And so, Father, we lift up every person in this country. We lift up all those uh, abroad who are fighting for our freedom to protect us, and we pray for their safety. And so, Lord, we ask all these things with expectation in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, I'd like to release the warrior youth and the ambassadors. You guys are welcome to go back. This morning, I'm planning on wrapping up this series, Alone with God. And um, for the past eight weeks, we've looked at some of the benefits of getting alone with God and uh, really tried to emphasize the importance of that. And if you've missed any of these sermons, I encourage you to go back and watch these teachings online or podcast them. Just as an overview, week one, October 11th, I talked about Jesus is the greatest example of finding time to get alone with God. Jesus was really busy. I think we'd all agree with that. But he still knew the importance of spending time with his father and getting alone. Week 2, October 18th, getting alone with God is relational. It's about a relationship. And we talk about it so often that this whole thing is not about religion. It's about a relationship. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that this morning. Uh, week three and four, I talked about the benefits of getting alone with God. And uh, uh, let's see, week five, November 8th, we talked about the results. There are powerful results in getting alone with God. As we spend time with him and we're filled up with him, it's, it's important. Um, also, on week seven, November 22nd, I talked about, oh no, uh, let me see, week six was November 15th. The Lord reveals things to us as we get along with God. And I think one of my scriptures this morning talks about, Jesus said, I go that the Holy Spirit may come and lead you and guide you into all truth. And so as we begin to spend time alone with God, that's where we really hear his voice. And he begins to speak to us and give us insight and lead, leads us and guides us. Week six was, or week seven was, um, I taught about some practical ways of getting alone with God, some things that we can do practically. Uh, and then last week, of course, we had our fifth annual chili cook-off, and I want to thank Tanya and, and uh, everybody that, that participated and helped out with that. It was a successful event, and um, I'm proud to say I'm still the reigning champ. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I just had to throw that in there. I wasn't going to throw that in there. Lord, forgive me. Uh, but, but anyway, it, it's a lot of fun. And so if you didn't participate uh, by getting in the chili cook-off or the bake-off this year, then there's always next year. Come on, bring it on. Come on, bring your best chili. But it, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. We had a good time. And I want to thank Adam and, and Dana uh, for providing all the jumpers and slides and stuff like that. So, yeah. Island Party Rentals, right? Yeah. Go see them when you have your party, island party rentals. So anyway, uh, we, um, we had a good time, and, and we talked so much about this whole thing is about building relationships with him first and then one another. So our fifth Sundays are a great time to do that. So thanks to everybody that participated and helped out and cleaning up and putting away and all that kind of stuff. So this morning's topic is live it. We've been uh, talking about getting alone with God and today's sermon topic is live it. And we'll be going to a few scriptures found in John chapter 14, the gospel of John, verses 15 through 18. 
in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. This series is designed to encourage us to spend time alone with God. You may feel pressured into praying for long periods of time. You may, think, you may beat yourself up if you're not spending an hour in prayer every day. Listen, don't do that. Just, well, let me say this. If you are doing that, continue to do that, okay? But I know that most of us don't have that level of discipline in our life. So let's just begin to start off with what we can do. Uh, if you're praying for hours, and I know that there are people that are called to pray. I know people that are intercessors that will spend hours every day praying. But that's not something that all of us are called to. That's not so something that all of us can do. If you're doing that, please keep praying. Uh, please keep that. But, uh, but most Christians spend very little time in prayer or quiet time. And uh, most of us spend way too little quiet time. So I think the biggest challenge of us getting alone with God is, is making it a priority in our life. And you may want to put a reminder on your phone. You may want to schedule it in your calendar. Get into a routine of spending time alone with God. Um, listen, if you're not, don't beat yourself up, okay? Just begin to do that. And develop a lifestyle of spending time alone with prayer. Again, it's not about some kind of religious exercise. It's about developing that relationship. I wanted to give an example this morning. Uh, I had a cousin that was trying to quit smoking cigarettes. And he said that he didn't really have a challenge when he was at work with, with having to take a smoke break or anything like that. Where his challenge was on the drive home. He would get in his car, generally start up the car, and on his drive home, he would like to have that cigarette. And then in the morning uh, time when he would get up, he would like to have a cigarette with his cup of coffee. The point I'm trying to make is there is a routine that he had established, and that was as much uh, a, a difficulty to break that routine as it was the addiction to the nicotine. And so the reason I say all this is because we can develop a habit and a lifestyle of beginning to pray. I don't know, for some reason, I've developed this lifestyle of praise and prayer in the shower. Uh, and so every morning, I begin to thank the Lord and uh, <laughs> just praise Him. And, uh, and, and so we can develop those lifestyles where we're praying throughout the day, not just when we get into a jam or not just when we're going to have a meal, but throughout the day. And so let me give you some... Uh, practical tips. Maybe you have a 20-minute drive on the way to work, and you say, well, okay, maybe I can't pray for 20 minutes, but I can pray for one minute. And then I can put on KSBJ and begin to praise the Lord and worship the Lord on the rest of the drive to work. Um, or maybe you say, okay, from point A to point B is one minute or five minutes. I'm going to pray till I get to the stoplight or this stop sign or whatever. And maybe you can begin to develop that prayer life and that time alone with God. It may be that one morning you wake up and, and or you're driving to work and you say, well, instead of prayer, I'm just going to just wait on the Lord or I'm just going to worship him. I mean, it doesn't have to be the same thing. The, the point is, is just get alone with God. Spend some time with him in the morning and maybe it's even before you get in the car. Maybe it's even before you get in the shower that you're spending time alone with him, but you're developing a lifestyle. And so as we begin to implement those things in our life, then they become part of who we are and part of our being and part of our lifestyle and part of what we do on a, on a daily basis. Again, it's not some kind of rote religious exercise. It's about developing that relationship. There are many benefits of spending quality time alone with God. There are challenges in doing so. I know that. I know that things happen and you get thrown off track, but we need to make it a priority. We must be deliberate in developing a lifestyle of getting alone with God. And I want to read, uh, read today's devotional that we read. Many of us have given um, uh, a daily devotional to all of our team leaders. It's called Jesus Calling. And uh, uh, Today's devotional, Cliff was sharing it with the guys outside, and when I read it this morning, I'm like, you know, this is really applicable to what I'm teaching on. So I want to read this, and it says, stay ever close, let me start over, stay ever so close to me, and you will not deviate from the path I have prepared for you. This is the most efficient way to stay on track. 
It is also the most enjoyable way. Men tend to multiply duties in their observance of religion. This practice enables them to give me money, time, and work without yielding up to me what I desire the most, their hearts. Let me read this again. This practice enables them to give me money, time, and work without yielding up to me what I desire the most, their hearts. Rules can be observed mechanically. Once they become habitual, they can be followed with minimal effort and almost no thought. These habit-forming rules provide a false sense of security, lulling the soul into a comatose condition. What I search for in my children is an awakened soul that thrills the thrills to the joy of my presence. I created mankind to glorify me and enjoy me forever. I provide the joy. Your part is to glorify me by living close to me. And then there are three scriptures. Um, Deuteronomy 6, 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. Colossians 3, 23. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. And then Psalm 1611 says, you have, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence and eternal pleasures at your right hand. So I thought this was so appropriate for today's message and for this series. Guys, it's about spending time alone with him. So I think you're getting it. All right. Uh, my first point this morning is, uh, this morning is it's relational. I want to go to John 5, 19. I don't think I gave you that scripture, but we'll sneak this one in. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. Jesus involved the father in everything that he did. Let me ask you a question for you to ponder. Are you seeking the Lord in the decisions that you make? When you have big decisions, I'm not talking about going to Whataburger and you know, praying about what kind of hamburger. I mean, you can do that if you want. But I'm talking about when, when you have job decisions or job changes to make or you have uh, decisions that are, are life-impacting, are you seeking the Lord in those decisions? And I'll talk more about that a little bit later. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. I think Jesus was so in tune with the father that he was just looking at him, that he was just watching him. And he was so in communion with him. And, and so the Lord would say, go over here and preach. Go over here and heal this person. And, and he would just do those things because he was in such, such connection with the father. When the Lord shows, shows you step A, are you continuing to seek him in step B? C and D, because I know that there have been times when the Lord will show me something and he'll say, okay, do this. And I'll, so I'll go and I'll step into to step A. All right, I'm seeking the Lord and he's directing me to do this. And I'm thinking, okay, well, this is going to be B, C, D, E. But what I find is I seek him, sometimes the Lord will say, no, that's not the direction for B. B is this direction. And C is this direction. And D may be back that way. And so, are we seeking God in all things? And I know that some of us have a propensity that when God says go, we'll just run and knock the doors down. But we need to be continually seeking him and, and asking for his counsel and, and guidance and leading because his wisdom and, and understanding is greater than ours. He knows all things. And so, we're limited in what we know and understand. And we can fall into a trap if we're not seeking him and, and getting a clear understanding of what he wants. I remember I was working on a project one time, and I was building a fence. And so I had this in my mind, what I was going to do, and, and I was beginning to go and get all the material and everything. And the Lord said, don't use wooden posts, use metal posts. And I, it's something that I hadn't thought of. And so I, that, that became part of the fence that I built. And so sometimes what God will give us things that will be better for the situation than what we would have naturally thought. So that's why we need to always be looking to him. And especially when it comes to decisions like taking a job or getting married or, you know, moving or whatever those things look like, we need to be tethered to him 
John 5, 19 continues, whatever the father does, the son also does. On, on earth as a man, Jesus had a relationship with the father where he sought direction from the father. And I'm just thinking if Jesus sought the father, hey, you and I need to do the same. The first week in the series, we looked at the passage of scripture just before Jesus was arrested, where he was seeking the father in the garden. And sometimes it was referred to the olive grove. And, and when every Sunday I go back and I watch the video of this of the sermon and I listen to it. And, and I realized that when I did this teaching, I was thinking about the olive grove and I was thinking about the garden. And I think I said in the teaching, I, Jesus went to the olive garden. And I was thinking, did he get some breadsticks and salad or what did he do there? So when you hear me say something like that, I know you're gracious and, and you're, you're just tracking with me anyway, but I, I thought that was kind of funny. So anyway, Jesus, in, in that first week, I was talking about how Jesus got alone with God in the olive grove or in the garden, and uh, he, he was really seeking the Lord. He said, God, if you can take this cup from me, would you take it? But nonetheless, your will be done, not mine. So we need to, to seek him in all things. Okay, John 5, 19. So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son does also. So can you say that? I mean, is that what's resident in your life? Are you yielding to him and saying, God, I, I really want to go this direction, but I know you're leading me to go this direction. Are you okay with that? Are you growing in that? Are you yielding every area of your life to the Lord? Because it's relational, and that's my first point this morning. It's about a relationship. Do you trust God to lead you? You know, you may be here today, and you may say, well, I don't know that I really trust God. Well, let me encourage you to grow in that and begin to step out in faith. He's trustworthy. He is, he's, he's trustworthy, and he, his plan for you is better than what you could ever dream up for yourself. So it's about having a relationship, but trust is built over time in a relationship, right? And so as we grow, as we spend time alone with him and we grow in that relationship, we can trust him more. Jesus had a relationship with the Father. He also had strong relationships with one another. And so that's why we put a lot of emphasis on relationship building at Life Fellowship. That's why we take the time to have the fifth Sundays, so we can really spend time together and have some good chili and have some good fellowship and some good baked goods, whatever that looks like. It's really important. It was important to Jesus, and it's important to us as well. So my first point is uh, it's relational, and my second point is there are many benefits. I want you to ask ask yourself this question, and I'm going to give you some insight into the answer to this question. Do you love Jesus? And ask yourself this, how can I prove it? I'm going to give you some scripture right now that's going to determine how you can prove it. Do you realize that Jesus tells us how we can demonstrate our true love for him? In the, in the uh, 14th chapter of John, Jesus is teaching about some of the benefits of this relationship with him. And I'm not going to take time to read through all these. You can do that later on your own. But one thing he never says is he never says that we're going to get rich by serving him. And uh, there's a lot of, we, we have exported this prosperity gospel message to the world. And it's, it's the wrong message. Jesus never said you're going to be rich. He said he will provide all of our needs. And we have people in churches that are teaching hey, if you give this, then you're going to get money or you're going to become a millionaire. That's really the wrong heart. That's about selfishness. I'm, I'm giving so I can get something. God gives uh, because he loves us. And we give to reflect the heart of God and to obey his, his word, but also to reflect his heart of giving. So the Bible never says that we're going to get rich. It says that he will bless us, and that could include riches. But, um, you know, I think a lot of people are... are looking to God and serving God for the wrong motives just so that they're going to get something. And we do receive something. You know, there, the thing is, there's a fine balance here because we receive forgiveness of all of our sins. I don't know how we could put a dollar value on that. And, but Jesus said, I've come that you may have abundant life. So 
we need to we need to look to him and serve him and obey him with the right heart. So let me read here in John 14, verses 15 through 18. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. You want to keep your finger there and go to John 14, 24. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. So he's continually seeking the Father. And he's saying, Father, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to give to these people? What, wh who do you want me to go heal? And so what he's saying in John 14, 24, anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I'm telling you is from the Father who sent me. So I think it's clear here that those who don't obey Jesus are demonstrating that they don't really love him. Strong words. Let's go back to verse 15 in John chapter 14. If you love me, obey my commandments. Okay, so I think there's a clear delineation here where we can define whether we truly love the Lord or not. I mean, that's what the word says. Don't get mad at me, all right? But here we see a condition if. If you love me, obey my commandments. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. Verse 17 tells us who that is. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. We need to know the complete truth. A partial truth can be very, very dangerous. Has somebody ever told you a partial truth? And then you've gotten into trouble because you thought you understood what this thing meant, but it was only a partial truth. Uh, we talked about this a little bit at Bible study. Let me put a plug in for Bible study on Wednesdays. If you're not coming on Wednesday, you need to be here. It's really good. But we talked about how that the serpent deceived Eve. What he told her was not a complete lie, but it was a partial truth. And so if we don't have the full truth, we can get into trouble. What if, what if uh, you took a job and they said, well, your salary is going to be $100,000? Yeah, all right. But they didn't tell you that you're going to have to work 100 hours a week, you know, or whatever that may look like. So we need to know the truth. And verse 17 says, Jesus says, I will send the Holy Spirit who leads into what? All truth so that we can have a full understanding of what God has for us. John 14, 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. We recognize the Holy Spirit because he lives within us, because we have communion with him. Remember last week, I gave that example about koinonia. Where, where you take grapes and, and they're smashed up and, and that grape juice is really the koinonia where we're all blended into one juice. That's koinonia, where we're all one. And so the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth and we recognize him because we have a relationship with him, because we're growing in that relationship as we continue to spend time and we hear the Holy Spirit's small, still voice speaking to our hearts. Ah, that was the Holy Spirit speaking to me right now. And some of you are growing in that, and that's wonderful. I, I remember talking with someone recently, and, and they were telling me how something had come to pass that the Lord had shared with them. The Lord had told them something, and, and it was later that day that it happened. That was, that was a monumental step for that person because they're understanding and they're growing in that. They're recognizing the Holy Spirit speaking into their life. Verse 18, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. Jesus will come to us. Well, wait a minute. The word says that he's seated at the right hand of God making intercession for us. How can he come to us? Through the person of the Holy Spirit. He said, I go. It's better that I go that I send you the Holy Spirit. What? To lead you and guide you into all truth. Come on, somebody needs to smile a little bit. That's good news. All right. So my first point is it's a re relational. My second point are, is there are many benefits. And we've only talked about a handful of them here. But as we read the Word of God, we see the benefits. We see 
the love being poured into our life. We see the healing and the wholeness that comes to our life. Listen, all of us are broken. All of us have broken places, and God specializes in fixing our broken lives. Let's go to Colossians 1, verses 9 through 14. And Paul is, is writing to the early church here again. And he, say, he says, So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. Remember, Paul is addressing false doctrines in, in the early church. He's bringing correction where they're trying to merge paganism and secular philosophies and legalism and all these things with Christianity. And so Paul is bringing correction. And he continues in, in verse 9 by saying, We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so Paul is praying for the early church, and he's bringing correction, and he's trying to get them to understand that this relationship with God is, is vital. It's not about these religious exercises. And he's saying, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. To have God's perspective is important. To, to know his will for us and to receive his spiritual wisdom and understanding is part of the benefits that we have in this relationship with Christ. He's saying, I don't want you to necessarily have your own knowledge and understanding, your own intellect, but I'm praying that you will have God's perspective, his knowledge and, and wisdom and understanding. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Verse 10, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. As God's wisdom, understanding, and presence work in and through our lives, we will honor the Lord. It will be a natural outflow of our life. And we will produce every kind of good fruit. So we have the fruit of the Spirit living in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the fruit of the Spirit. And so as we yield our life to God, there will be good fruit. Additionally, there is even more. Verse 10 continues, All the while you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. See, that's the target, guys, is that we learn to know him better and better, and that this relationship continues to grow, that we continue to connect with him on a greater level. We grow spiritually as we grow in our relationship with the Lord. And I think I messed this up last week, but I don't know anyone that is not uh, attending a local church and, and uh, serving there that's not growing in the Lord. And the people that I do know that have unplugged from the lo local church, without exception, have faltered in their relationship with the Lord. Did I say it backwards again? I did? No? Okay. If you're not plugged into the local church, get plugged into the local church. You will grow. If you unplug from the local church, you will not grow. That's what I've seen, okay? All right. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you. I feel like Elvis. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. So the point is, is that the local church is important because we grow together. We're, we're connected together. Like, again, like that demonstration last week with the grapes. We're not individual grapes. We're a grape juice effectively. So we're part of the body. And so when the arm is separated from the, the upper torso, there's a problem. But if it's connected, yeah, Chris, ooh. <laughs> so anyway, we need to be connected and it's important. And that's part of how we grow. And that's why we encourage you to come on Sunday morning. That's why we encourage you to come on Wednesday night to Bible study. That's why men Hey, man, I'm talking to you. 7 o'clock Tuesday, you need to be here, please. I'm telling you, it's important. It's not just something to do. It's important. So, all right, let me get back on my, on my sermon here. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Then he says in verse 11, or continues in verse 11, may you be filled with joy. Verse 12, 
always thanking the Father, he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. Verse 13, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. We were in the kingdom of darkness, but when we accept Christ, we're transferred into the kingdom of his son, into the kingdom of light. Verse 14. Uh, well, let me read 13 again. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. That's the bottom line. So we need to be reminded of that. And I know that we're pouring into our children, teaching them these basic concepts and biblical truths that God loves them, that through Christ, our sins are forgiven. And you know what? There's probably somebody here today that needs to hear that again, that we're forgiven for all of our sins through Christ. I'm so glad that this relationship and forgiveness of our sins is not based on our performance, but based on his grace. We need to be reminded of that. Am I the only one? I mean, come on. Everything is so performance-based, and especially out in the world. There are people that won't go to church because they think it's all performance, and it's about grace. They have completely missed it. And if we don't have that solidified in us, how are we going to share that with them? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I failed again today. Listen, I'm not promoting sin. I'm just saying God's grace is bigger than our sin. His forgiveness is greater than our sin. Okay. So I'm going to summarize some of the benefits here that we've talked about. And again, there's no way that we could be here all year and talk about the benefits. But these are some that I've talked about through this series. We have the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth and will never leave us or forsake us. We have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us I think that's tremendous. We need him. We receive knowledge of his will, godly wisdom and understanding through the Holy Spirit. That's important. We have lives that honor God and, pro and produce every kind of good fruit. We have intimate relationship with him and have all the power for the endurance and patience that we need. Does anybody need some endurance and patience today? <laughs> Wait till you get on 45 on Monday morning. We get to share in the inheritance of eternal life with the Lord and all of those in his kingdom. So those that have gone on before us that have a relationship with the Lord, we'll see them again in heaven. The sacrifice of Christ provides forgiveness for all sins. Tell your, tell your neighbor, You've been forgiven of all sins. And tell them you can live in freedom. Amen. So those are some of the benefits. So my, my three points this morning are, it's relational. It's not about uh, religion. It, uh, getting alone with God has many benefits. My third point this morning is we can live a life of power. Colossians 1.11, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. You notice all in there. Let me read this again. We pray that you will be strengthened with what? All his glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. Let's go to Ephesians 6. 10 through 12. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Whose mighty power? His mighty power. Amen? Are you getting this? All right. It's all about him. We can walk in the power and the authority and the dominion through Christ, through the Holy Spirit. We don't have to navigate through all these challenges in our own strength. We're not going to give very far. Let me read on. A final word. Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power, verse 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against what all the strategies of the devil. Do you realize that the devil has strategies? And so if we can get wisdom and insight from the Lord through the Holy Spirit, 
we can uh, neutralize those. We can navigate through those things. We see time after time in the Bible where the Lord would speak to them and say, no, don't go that way, go this way. Or uh, attack from this direction, or do this or do that. And they would be victorious because the Lord would give them wisdom and insight. Let me tell you, the Lord is for you. He is for you. He loves you. Ephesians 6.12, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Sometimes that evil will manifest itself physically. And we saw that happen last week in California. You know, this is evil. This is wicked. But there's a spirit behind that. Do you see? There is a spirit behind that that's manifesting in the physical. And so that's why we need to pray. We are not battling against flesh and blood. I mean, sometimes we do, but the heart of the matter is the spiritual um, war that's going on around us. And so that's another reason we need to pray. We need to be praying for these communities. Lord, break the spiritual strongholds over these communities. Set people free. Set people free. Sometimes we need to pray over individuals that strongholds be broken in their lives. Jesus came to set the captives free. There are people in your life. There are people that you know. Maybe you have areas in your life where you're in bondage. And you need the Lord to remove those things. For we, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. But the word says, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Listen, we, Jesus said all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. And we can tap into that. We, God wants us to walk in dominion and authority and power. 2 Timothy 1.7. I'm giving you some power verses here now. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. Come on. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He doesn't want us to be afraid and walking around in fear. He wants us to walk boldly and confidently in Him, in the power of It comes from him, and that that word is our favorite power word, dunamis. It means where we get our word dynamite from. It means supernatural power, dynamic power, supernatural dynamic power. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Or another version says a sound mind. Uh, James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Well, I thought God was the only one that could forgive sins. He is. Why confess our sins to each other? Because we pray for one another. We're standing with one another. Do you remember when we got back from the the men's conference and, and all the men came up and we stood together and we linked arms? I thought that was a powerful representation of what happens as we come together in the bond of Christ and unity as we're connected together. And so as we begin to confess our sins to one another and we begin to pray for one another, what does that do? That builds our trust, which strengthens the body of Christ. And so that's why on the first Tuesday of the month with the women's group, they're getting real. They're, they're sharing with one another. This Tuesday at the men's group, we'll be getting together. We'll be sharing. Listen, we all have struggles. We all have challenges. But when we link together, we can move forward as a, as a united front. And there's strength. There's encouragement. Do you ever feel like, man, I'm the only one that understands this? I'm the only one that's going through this? I can almost promise you, you're not. Probably everybody else around you is going through the same kinds of things. And so when we come together, we can share. We develop trustworthy, godly, healthy relationships to stand with one another. We need that. There's something freeing about confession. Have you ever had something on your heart and then you just finally confess it and you're like, man, ah, that's gone. 
I don't have to hide from that anymore. I don't have to lie about it. I don't have to navigate my through all. You know, I can just let it go and be done with it. There's something about confession. And when we go to the Lord and say, God, forgive me. He says, our sins are as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. They're covered by the blood of Christ. But there's something that happens when we share openly and honestly with one another as men or women. And uh, so I want to encourage you men to come on Tuesday night. James 5.16, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. He continues, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. We're righteous. We're made right. We're brought into right standing with God by the blood of Christ that washes over us. The prayer of a righteous man or person has great power and produces wonderful results. Do you want to produce wonderful results in your life? This is one of the keys to that. As we develop a lifestyle of getting alone with God, our lives are changed. Guys, that's what it's all about, is having a changed life, being infused with the things of the Lord. Our marriages are strengthened and healed. Our families are enriched. Our neighborhoods, our work environments, our communities, they're all impacted. Why? Because we're changed. Like a, like a little ember that starts a forest fire. That's kind of like us spiritually. Just one match. Just one match in a dark cave. What does that do? It dispels tremendous amounts of, of darkness. One little flicker, one little flame, one life on fire for God can change, can change the world. Nations are impacted. Continents are changed. The world is touched. And I've shared with you so often how God has called us not only to reach these local communities, but the world. And God is opening up doors for us. We need to be ready. And one of the greatest ways to prepare for that is to spend time alone with God and be built up. There's something that happens. We're built up when we spend time alone with God and, and are just real and authentic and honest with him. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. You may be here this morning and you may say, I had a relationship with the Lord one time, but I walked away. Or maybe you never had a relationship with him. And God is speaking to your heart this morning and he's drawing you back or he's drawing you to him. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. Anybody here this morning? Listen, there's no shame in that. The shame would be to walk out of this building and not receive everything that the Lord has for you today. Anyone else? Anybody else? Thank you for that. I want you to just uh, pray this prayer, and you can pray it out loud or silently. The important thing is that you pray it from your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today. I yield my life to you. I ask your forgiveness for all my sins. And I receive forgiveness, complete forgiveness, because the completed total work was done by Christ on the cross. And I receive your forgiveness, and I thank you for this fresh start today. This is a new beginning, and I walk in the freedom and the liberty and the authority, dominion, the forgiveness, the abundant life that Christ died on the cross for. And I receive it all, and I thank you for this new day today. Sir, I want to pray one more prayer for you. Father, I pray that you would fill this man with the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit, that he would experience the freshness of your presence in a new way. Lord God, that he would hear you speaking to him in ways that he's never experienced before, and that he will have a greater connection with you that will be undeniable. So, Father, I pray that you would pour into his life, you touch him, that you heal him. And, uh, Father, I thank you for his salvation and pray that you would just continue to speak to him about the things that you have for him. And, and Father, I thank you for this fresh start, this new day for this man. And, Father, we give you praise and glory and honor and thanks for what you're doing in all of our lives. We thank you, Lord that you look at broken vessels and you bring healing and repair to those vessels and then you pour yourself into these vessels and then we go and take what's in us, the presence of God, the love of God, the power of God, 
and dispense to the world around us. Father, that you would use us is amazing. And Father, we're so thankful and honored that you would choose us. And so, Lord, we pray that we would yield every area of our life to you and that we would just allow you to work through our lives in a more powerful way. That we would be like Jesus. We would be looking to the Father and we would only do what we see the Father doing. When we see the green light to go, we go. When we see the yellow light of caution to stop, we begin to stop. When we see red light that says stop, we, we completely stop. Whatever you say to do, Lord God, give us the sensitivity to hear your Holy Spirit and then give us the wisdom and understanding to completely obey the desire, Father, that we would desire to obey you in all things. And so, Father, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. We're going to take a, a couple of minutes and worship. And I want you to just ask the Lord this morning, is there something else that you want to say to me today? Is there something else that you have for me? And uh, let's just take some time and allow the Lord to speak to us.
You know, when when Jesus was riding in on the, the donkey colt, they were singing, Hosanna, Hosanna to God in the highest. That means save now. Jesus saves now. And so we need to cry out to him and say, Lord God, pour into us. Sanctify every part of our life. And Lord, we pray that you would minister to the people that you bring across our path in these communities. Father, as we go out today, Father, we pray that you would fill us with a greater measure of your Holy Spirit or that we would have a greater understanding of the Holy Spirit in us, whatever that looks like, Father. We just pray that we would walk in that power, that dunamis, dynamite, supernatural power that you've given to us, that we may be a catalyst for changing the world. Father, and we thank you for the opportunities. Let us be looking for those opportunities, but let us also make a determination that we are going to spend time alone with you, more time alone with you, and seeking you that we would be like Jesus and that we're looking to the Father. We're looking to Jesus. We're saying, Jesus, what do you have for me to do today? What do you want me to do in this situation? How do you want me to pray for this person? Who do you want me to call? Who do you want me to speak to? What do you want me to do? that we would be in tune with you and very connected to your Holy Spirit so that we would know what you desire and then give us the will and desire to obey all that you've asked us to do. And Father, we thank you for this day and we pray that you would continue to work in our lives and work in our communities. We pray for this nation and Lord, we pray for all those that are in pain and hurting and suffering loss today, that you would comfort them, that you would be their solace and peace and strength. So, Father, we pray all these things with great expectation in Jesus' name. Thank you for being here. Men, I'll see you Tuesday. We'll see you Wednesday at Bible study. Then we'll see you next Sunday. Go out and make a difference in your world because you're going to go out and... Amen. Amen. You're dismissed.